Welcome to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is Pop X Cast. everybody this is episode 119 pop x cast coming to you on this monday night april the 5th man i hope did you guys have a good easter out there did you guys did you guys hide some eggs oh my gosh i ate so much food (laughs) there was like such a large spread of food it was a ridiculous amount of food for nine people and there was not much leftovers so we were all feeling it well you got and then we had cornhole tournaments afterwards in the backyard y'all I love you guys cornhole. throw down with some cornhole. I I'm love cornhole. Okay, yes. at it. absolutely. I love it. One of my favorite games, especially in the summertime. Yeah, I'm a two time cornhole champion. I won a bicycle when I was in ninth grade. Oh, two time. Yeah, two hillbilly days, son. Two time champ. Come on. I ain't good anymore though. I lost my luster. You know. You gotta keep it up. You gotta keep that skill set. You lose your. You lost your charms. What you did. I gained all this weight, and now my shot's off. I'm just throwing it over the board and at the group next to us. <laughs> You're what like, about you, Mikey? How, how, you, how are you fair at some cornhole? Uh, I've only played a couple times. I think I'm just all right at it. All right. So Mike's on my team. We're going <laughs> to team up. Nice. Nice. Um, I, just can, I can kind of visualize Austin right now with his little cornhole bean bag, whatever you want to call it. Do you have like one of those little trophies? Do you, yeah. Do you have a little cornhole trophy? I, I do. It's it's oh, at my house no. in the summer. So I had the trophy, and then I had a little oh, T-shirt that said "Cornhole Champ." But Good like grief. I said, now I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing the sacks. I'm just like, watch out for my sack. <laughs> watch out. The sacks are flying. Uh, it's like freaking Superman launching a gauntlet into space. There. 
<laughs> oh man, we have got a the chat room is freaking hopping at the moment. Oh my yeah. gosh, you guys are rocking and rolling. Uh, literally, I talk Marvel was the first one in here tonight. Fifteen minutes before the show he was, began, he was saving seats. I saw the coats and oh the hats gosh, saving the row for all his friends. <laughs> so I saw good, him. man. I saw you. So good. We got to let's give some shout outs here before we open up the show. I t- I uh, I talk Marvel. What's up, dude? How you doing, Darth Baca? Always a pleasure to see you, my friend. And we got uh, not Nick Cage in awesome. What's up, dude? How you doing? And uh, Upper Room Gaming Network in the house and Mr. Robert Hamilton hanging out with us here tonight. Oh, my gosh, man. Hello, this is everybody. The room is, ah, it makes me feel good, you know? All these amazing <laughs> people hanging out with us on a Monday night, choosing Pop X cast. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Austin, let's go ahead and get this thing started. We got a little bit of a jam-packed show tonight, man. Well, you got a show I've been looking forward to for a long time. But first... Welcome to Pop X, uh, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We would like to welcome everyone joining us live in the popx.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. Now, if this is your first time tuning into Pop X, the first 15 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, and then we deep dive into all things nostalgic on Retro Rewind. At the halfway point, we hit on the show's topic it is a beast of a show today it is quite a beast of a show and uh man i'm telling you uh, it's every show here lately the past several shows have yeah. been beasts of shows because we are yeah. finally getting content now that we're coming That's out right. of this friggin pandemic Hallelujah. anyway <laughs> crazy so, the geeky <laughs> gods the angels are singing a song right now thank you Lord. um but i am joseph burke central florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast and the founder of pop x cast believe it or not now we're a part of a unique collective known online as the creative multiverse from an eve for an even deeper dive into the creative process of many talented people uh, visit us on our facebook groups and just search in the creative multiverse in the search bar up on top on facebook just, just search it everywhere. Just, just, just search it just out. Sit, just get just it out tap there. on get anyway. that keyboard flying. Lord have mercy. All right, guys. Well, I am Lindsay Badger, your favorite geeky okie coming at you. If you missed last week's episode, episode 118, we threw down a very detailed discussion about the, so far, the current episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I bet those the first three, right? Well, the first one, actually. Yeah. First one ish okay well there's a lot more to catch up on that later and then we did our retro rewind of war games that week that was a lot of fun going back and watching that movie um make sure you go to our official website popxcast.com to watch that and all of the other great past shows from the pop x collective archive of geeky goodness um if you'd like if you like what we're seeing here tonight tonight after this show not right this very second but later if you want to go off and, and subscribe to one of our podcast platforms, that's great. But while you're sitting here right now, go ahead and click that subscribe button on YouTube so that you get notified whenever we go live and so you don't miss any of our really great shows and you can chat with us while we're live. Um, as we schedule new shows, it will definitely let you know that that's happening as well. And um, you can just enjoy the geeky goodness. Make sure you rate us. Five-star yeah. ratings are always welcome. Yes, it was. Nice comments are also welcome, too. We love all the love. We do. So, um, yeah, just so take good. it away, Joe. Oh, I data analytics. What's up, data I, analytics I in the up, house? But that's okay. We'll just keep going. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm looking Austin's at the ch- like, please just thumbs up it. 
It, click the slam the bell on the button. You do. You know what you need to do. Just do it. Well, we we need to probably talk about the uh, the elephant in the room here. Mike is in a different location. Mike is. He is. Mike has been been journeying to the center of the earth today. <laughs> He's still here. I have nothing to do. It's is like, it hollow there? I have no, no, no graphics and to do, and I'm sitting here just like looking into deep space. It's like I'm broadcasting into dark ages here. Oh my gosh. I have like nothing to do. So Mike Mike took the pilgrimage to Florida. That's yeah. that's all I got for that. <laughs> yeah. I won't, I, won't, I won't rabbit hole on on what kind of day he's had, but uh it's been uh, it's been a good I'm just glad he's here. Going. Yeah, man, I'm glad he's here too. The dude's in vacation mode, he's still on Pop X cast. My oh, goodness yeah. gracious. It's impressive. Yeah. That is, that's pretty it's been going since ten thirty this morning. Oh, oh man, that's crazy. It sounds like to me you uh, you might want to you might want to add some fiber if you've been going since ten thirty this morning. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm just gonna <laughs> go eat the tree outside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So we got Pop X news coming up to you right now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X news coming to you live right here on popxcast.com. Alrighty, and uh, leading us off this week, we have, uh, with the production set to begin this month on Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Many fans have been so excited to learn that Hayden Christensen is set to return as Darth Vader in the new series. Can I get a what? what? It's, it's true. Yeah, it's confirmed. It's coming back. He's, he's coming back. Though the casting reveal also confirmed that Joel um, Edgerton... Um, uh, and Bonnie, uh, what is it, Pisces, will reprise their roles uh, from the prequel films as Owen Lars mm-hmm. and Beru Lars. Now, you might remember those as who? Who? Anybody? His, Bueller? His, his aunt and uncle? Fry. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I was getting ready to throw out a Bueller reference beforehand, <laughs> but I, I'm just so excited to talk about Ferris Bueller tonight. But, but uh, with the new series taking place after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and before Star Wars A New Hope, we can likely expect to see Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi keeping an eye on young Luke, surely requiring some glimpses of Owen and Beru, though it's unknown how substantial their roles are going to be in this new series. It really does kind of paint a picture on how this, this storyline is going to develop and those 30-some years in hiding that he did on Tatooine. It's going to be really, really awesome to see that. And it'd be cool, you know. You got Obi-Wan up on the mountainside kind of spying down on Luke and the family, overwatching, making sure he's okay. I kind of want to see that, actually. You know, I kind of want to... Maybe he's connecting to the Force and he's talking to Qui-Gon, you know, and he's being mentored still by the Force. What you got, Austin? I I have a good feeling... I have a good feeling we're going to be seeing a little Liam Neeson. You if not so? seeing him, then getting a little bit of an Easter egg. Because he's always said that there's a chance. And they even say it in Revenge of the Sith. They're like, um, we found a way to connect you to Qui-Gon Jinn, your old master. And he goes, Qui-Gon. <laughs> and I, I think that is the ultimate, <laughs> like, uh, we're going to get that, a big cameo. How did that go again? How did that go again? Qui-Gon. And he's so I'm turning more into Quagmire. I like, I like the Quagga. hand motion that he does. <laughs> the, the more I say it, the worse it gets. <laughs> but <laughs> I think this is going to be, uh, you know, that WandaVision what? level Evan Peters cameo that we're all expecting. And um, uh, this is going to be cool, man. A, a full on Western. And, and I know the Mandalorian has uh, a spice of that, but mm. this feels like it's going to be full on and everything I've wanted to see from yeah. uh, Obi-Wan. So. <laughs> from Obi-Wan. 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 <laughs> How do you guys feel about this? 
What do you think? That's going to be rad. It's gonna I can't be wait. Pretty gnarly, right? I think yeah. it's. Uh, I've been loving the new uh, Star Wars stuff they've been cranking out, so I can't wait yeah. to see what they come Bad up with, with this stuff. It is like top notch good stuff. I yes, think Bad Batch absolutely. is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be too. spectacular, and I can't yeah. wait to watch that uh, when that drops as well. Uh, Mike, you got any thoughts on uh, Obi Wan coming back? Uh, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. It's, uh, Star Wars is kind of a sore spot for me lately with all the stuff that's going on, but yeah. I'll give it a shot. You know. We give it a go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're optimistic, cautiously. <laughs> I like very, that. Very I like it. I like. I can respect that. I get it. Yep. Good. All righty, Austin Book. What is the next one we have? Close. Uh, Sony has finally <laughs> still talking like that. Yes, has finally. You should do the whole thing as Obi Wan. Uh, Sony has finally confirmed that it will be shutting down the PlayStation Store um, uh, on some of its older pieces of hardware. It, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, in the coming months, uh, specifically the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Portable, and the PlayStation uh, Vita are all systems that will be affected by this closure. That being said, it's not all bad news, as Sony has also confirmed that any games purchased in the past on these platforms, a lot of P's there, uh, will still be accessible in the future outlined on the official PlayStation website. It was revealed that the PlayStation three and PSP or PISP will be the first <laughs> two platforms to be put to rest. this summer. The PlayStation store on each of these respective devices uh, will be the first to shutter on July 2nd, 2021. The PS Vita, however, uh, will get almost two months more of service before it reaches its demise. The Vita storefront uh, will then reach its end officially on August 27, so a lot of uh, PlayStation nostalgia going down the drain this summer. Yeah. I was I'm, just hoping he was going to do the voice the whole <laughs> show. I was, I was actually I was getting ready to say the same it. thing. I was like, man, I he petered out it. too quick on this one. <laughs> I <laughs> did. But uh, I just, it's sad to see the pisp go. Uh, we're going to miss the pisp. All the peas. <laughs> every time I heard the word PS Vita, you know, I think of that Russian singer, Vitas, who goes... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's my favorite video online. I don't know where I'm at right now, but this is great. Put that Lindsay Badger, on Pop X. This is where anything can happen. You have and got it will. Lindsay Badger. You have got to ground us right now, girl. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Black Adam. It's coming, yeah. oh, and yeah. fans are more than ready to see what The Rock is cooking that's crap seriously um (laughs) (laughs) the dc comics film announced on july two uh july july 22 release date for dwayne johnson's blockbuster this movie is a culmination of a huge lineup for their brand next year however the fans have been amped for the rock to get his own superhero film for a long time now black adams black adam fans have also been wishing for this kind of treatment for their favorite character going on a decade. They've been begging yeah. for this for a long time. So this is a supreme win for all parties involved. Pierce Brosnan also got cast as Dr. Fate earlier yeah. as well. Interesting. I like it. Well, I, I think right. I think Black Adam, I mean... I'm freaking excited to see Rock I mean, play. He literally That's... walks around like a human superhero, anyways. Dude, he Why is. not put him in spandex? <laughs> I mean, Jumanji, hello. You know, I mean, my gosh, he fits the role. He's a freaking beast. But, uh, you know. Did on... the studio sing You're Welcome? Please tell me the studio sang You're Welcome. Oh, man, I hope so. You're welcome. <laughs> Wrong studio. <laughs> anyway. <Wrong studio>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But I think you know, on the cusp of Black Adam too. Did it, before we go into the last news thing of the of of the the night, did anybody see the new uh, Black Widow trailer that dropped last week? Yes, no, very I good. That one. Yeah, go um, the it. end of it had me almost in tears when I heard the chorus chime in on the Avengers theme song. Oh, theme song. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I want that as a ringtone. That's beautiful. I mean, uh, what a cool spin on Sylvester's. I don't even think Sylvester's composing this. I think it was just the new composer, like, adding his own flair. But, man, it Beautiful. just threw me back. And yeah. and it, it, it also gets me more amped for, because I think Florence Pugh, a.k.a. the new Black Widow, I think her role is probably going to continue yeah. uh, after Black Widow. So I, I think she's going to be an awesome new Black Widow after this movie. So Speaking of trailers, too, Space Jam 2, anyone? Oh! Nostalgia. That's gonna be. Oh. Did you guys see that trailer? LeBron oh, looks awesome in that movie. He right? looks good, man. I'm excited. Everything right. in the trailer looked fantastic, but I really hope that they didn't leave all the good stuff in the trailer and it's just fluff. That's yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the only concern I have. Otherwise, it looks like a fantastic time. I think for them I'm to spend you. this much time on this film in post production, I think it's gonna be. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be like Ready Player Two. Essentially, yep. I, I mean that's the way I'm feeling about it because there's just with so many acne things. products, with, right? Yeah, yeah. Wonder Brothers. <laughs> but you know, I was going through it, and actually, when it came out um, that morning, I went through and I was pausing it frame by frame, and I just was looking at all the Easter eggs and the characters, and I spotted two different Jokers from two different dot time periods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So you had the Jack Nicholson Joker and the Cesar Romero Joker from the '66 and the '89 Batman present. I'm like, wait, there's multiple Jokers in this thing? Yeah. What the heck? And so that was, it was crazy, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, but anyway, I agree. <clears throat> so, what did you guys think? Of, what do you guys think of Black Adam coming in and, and being in the role of uh, Dwayne Johnson playing Black Adam? What do you guys think of that? Let, let us know. Leave a comment over in the chat room, and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys think about it. Last but not least, an incredibly rare copy of the original Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System sold for a whopping $660,000? What? I heard about this. Now, the it's game a it's, wild story. Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, The game itself um, was still sealed in its original plastic wrapping and was in extremely good shape. The copy was labeled as being in A-plus condition and was scored by a 96 by the group that rated it. Now, basically, it's one of the nicest iterations of Super Mario Brothers in existence, which is why it went for so much money. Now, that being said, the amount of money that this copy is sold for is staggering high for a few reasons. For starters, this version of Super Mario Brothers has broken the previous record and has become the highest sold single video game in history. Now, while that might be unsurprising given the amount it went for, the, what's shocking is the amount it sold for compared to what what's what sits in its record. Prior to the sale, no other video game had ever even surpassed the $200,000 milestone in an auction. To be even more specific, this copy of Super Mario Brothers sold four times higher than the previous That's record incredible. holder. <laughs> oh now, God. to add to this story really wow. quick, I, what I heard was the person who purchased the <clears throat> video game had got it for a Christmas gift and had put it in like a desk drawer and just closed it and walk away and just completely forgot that they had it. Whoa. And then all these years later, they found it. I don't know oh. if it was while they were cleaning out for an estate sale or whether they were moving yeah. or whatever, I don't know, but it was intended to be given as a gift at Christmas time that year when it came out and oh. it was just forgotten. Now, there's another adoration a lot of people aren't thinking about. When you bought the Nintendo Entertainment System in the 80s, Super Mario Brothers was already part of a free game that you got coupled with Duck Hunt. 
Now, there was a rare copy of Super Mario Brothers that was sold on the market on the stand. This is said product. It's not the one that came in the actual system. This is one that had ah. to be actually bought with a UPC barcode, which is why it is more valuable than the one that came in the system. Because the one that came in the system had duck hunt, and it was a two two yeah. kind of a, a situation. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's crazy. That's, Mac, you did good on the news this week, man. That's insane. Damn. High five. High five. Good job. Working it. Sparking it. Anyway, moving on, we got the retro rewind, guys. We, what is going on with Austin's hands right now? I don't know, but we'll be right back on the retro rewind. Ferris Bueller's Day Off coming up. Don't go anywhere. Retro rewind. Retro rewind. Retro Rewind, dialing it back, 1985. Holy cow, at the height of John Hughes' writing, I would say probably one of the pinnacle films of 80s pop culture glory, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, this is a movie I know a couple of you here in the window with me. You probably didn't even have to go and watch it because you've already seen it so freaking much. But I actually went and I, my wife, uh, one Christmas ago, got me the 4K version. And nice. so I was able to watch it fully remastered. And it's stunning. And, and long story short, I just had to watch it again because I just yeah. like to see Ed Rooney get the crap happen to him. <laughs> Rooney. <laughs> but <laughs> my gosh, this movie. So John Hughes literally wrote my entire childhood. I think I've said this before on, on Pop X, but all the movies that he created, the teen angst that he was so noted for, it was just, this was the culmination pinnacle. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was definitely a recall back to Matthew Broderick's first role in War Games in the mm-hmm. opening scenes of Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he's on the computer. And he yeah. dials into his own school's network and changes how yeah, many it, days he's it, been absent. Very sim- there's a lot of similarities there. Oh, for my sure. gosh. And I think that was just a nice little nod to Broderick's, like you know, first cinematic debut. But, you know, I, I, I want to start with the ladies first because I always okay. start with Austin or myself. I want to I hear, Lindsay, what is it about Ferris Bueller? Why do you keep coming back to that crazy movie? Oh, man. Well, you always know that it's never going to disappoint you. It is literally written the masterclass of fourth wall mm-hmm. in movies. It is like the the staple to go back to to learn how to do that properly. And it, it's it's not overdone. It's like just the right amount of talking to the camera whenever you're not usually used to the characters directly talking mm-hmm. to you. So um, I think that's kind of pioneered that in a way. Um the soundtrack in this movie is fantastic. Yes. It is always high energy and carrying you on the journey. Yep. Um, it almost makes you want to get up off your butt and do a little dance along the way, you know. Uh, <laughs> there's a, you know, even without, because I didn't watch this movie recently, but I can still pull mm. like the da 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 da, you know, with the little chasing <laughs> scene <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the, the Don Couché, you know, all of those songs. 
come flooding back as soon as I think about this movie. I don't have to go back and watch it to remember. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that movie was I had that song in it. Yeah. It's like seared into your brain. I feel like um James Gunn hold a lot of influence from how to build a soundtrack from how they built the soundtrack for this movie. It's I, I memorable agree more. because they actually put thought into the songs they're pulling and making that meaningful as part of telling the story in a really, really powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, the The characters are written in a way where you are so relatable to not only the extremely frustrated sister that gets in trouble for everything and Ferris gets away with everything. I can relate to her on so many levels, being the older <laughs> sister with a bratty little brother. Oh, the, boy. the principal being the bad guy, always getting, you know, three steps behind. And it's almost kind of um, Home Alone pulls a lot of that comedy from that interaction between the principal and Ferris. Um and even the, the ditzy parents that you just want to shake and like be like, how are you not seeing what's going on in front of your face? You know, all of these things. And then, you know, you have your, your always have a rain cloud over your head best friend that, you know, gives you a life purpose and goal to try to change their life for the better. Poor Cameron. You know, I, I mean, I feel you feel so deeply for all of these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great, it's a great story for, you know, it's almost like, a live action cartoon because you know in real life yeah. none of this is possible that's really i like the way you said that it's like a live action cartoon it's a live action cartoon because there's so, no you're possible so on point way with any that. of that would be ridiculous they would be ridiculous if that would happen for real awesome anyways i will i will stop and leave it there there's a lot to take away and dive down deep into it and i'll leave a little bit for you guys to no. nick away at too well i'm gonna actually switch gears up mike i want you i know that you you're like my cohort of 80s as well. I mean, me and Mike literally grew up, and Lindsay grew up in the era, and uh, we had such a crazy childhood stemming from all of that. Mike, what is what does Ferris Bueller? What does it remind you of, and what does it bring out from your childhood? Uh, you know, it just it just shows you kind of the difference. <laughs> of, you know, and and a kind of general statement. It's it brings it shows a little bit of the popular to the not so popular people. Mm. And John Hughes was a master of that kind of those kind of movies. So he he kind of knew, you know, in all his teen movies, how you know how you know to you know to show you know the the geeks and the jocks and stuff like that. But you know, and and you know, as far as you know, you know, Ferris Bueller is just you know just one of those movies, just timeless. You know, and kind of like Lindsay said, it was it's like these these things would never happen in in real life. I mean, you know. And, you know, to be, you know, to do those kind of things and to, you know, to, to have all the missed opportunities, even when he was on TV at, at the baseball game and they looked and they, <laughs> they, they looked away and they missed it, you know, that he was sitting in the stands, right. you know, just stuff like that, you know, that's awesome, you know, and just, to, you know, and just, just to hear Abe Froman, the sausage king, you know, I, th- I thought that was, just, that's hysterical. Abe Froman, you know, the could, sausage could, king of Chicago. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those kind of movies you just kind of, Snitty. you have to sit and you don't analyze it. You just sit, you just put your feet up, you enjoy it, you know, and it's just definitely one of those, you know, enjoyable movies. Don't kind of critique it. Just, just kind of let it go and just enjoy it. I love that approach, Mike. Well said, man. Um, Austin Burke, I'm going to go to you. Yeah, I hate this movie. <laughs> it's horrible. No, yeah. this is. You lift your chair up and let's see your shirt there. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Fast. I got my pop figure. I got my Ferris Bueller. Oh, Where's right your here and uh, old John in the chat uh, sent me this shirt. So um, yeah, I am I am obsessed with this film. I have probably <laughs> watched this movie 30, 40 times in my life, and I can't stop going back to it. I try to do it at least twice a year. It's so memorable. It is. Every line, every aspect, every character. And the thing that sticks out the most is Ferris Bueller is the guy that everyone wants to be. He's the man, uh, always on a mission, always trying to. And, and the thing is, he's not just trying to do it all himself. He's, he's roping other people in. He's not going to let Cameron sit there and sleep all day. No, when Cameron was in Egypt's land. <laughs> let my Cameron, Cameron go. go. I mean, that's one of the best. And e each character has their own specific moment. Down to Ferris's sister. I mean, the entire family, when they first walk in and he's laying in the bed and he's not, and they're just so loving and like the typical cliche uh, 80s parents. But there's something about that interaction. <laughs> every single lie, every single word just yeah. stands out as hilarious right. and right. perfectly written. And a lot of it is John Hughes, obviously, but then he assembles the, the perfect cast to deliver on this dialogue. And uh, in my opinion, one of the best comedy ensembles of all time from Jennifer Gray to um, obviously Alan Ruck. But then you have young Matthew Broderick, who's playing a drastically different character from mm -hmm. his character in war games. Oh yeah. Uh, I love the homage at the beginning, by the way, yeah, yeah. but you believe every second of his confidence and yeah. his ability to do no wrong and the sly nature. And like you said, the baseball game on TV, just getting away with something like that. Yeah. He's like the perfect specimen, but you can't sit there and be jealous of him because he's just the right. best guy. Right. I mean, he's just the best guy, even though he's kind of a little being a little sly and sneaky, not going to school <laughs> and all that stuff, but that's, that's what you want to be, man. That's what you aspire. But like you said, I like what Mike said. It's it's not, you know, making other people feel like they don't belong and this like that. We're kind of including everyone here, whether you are a jock or the cool kid, the non-popular kid, this and that. It just feels like we're assembling because Cameron, I think Cameron's journey is just as impressive as Ferris Bueller's journey. It He's is. trying to find himself yeah. throughout the entire movie. And by the end of the film, I, I felt more confidence coming from him. So I could sit and talk all day about the characters and break them all down individually. Um, but it is one of the most entertaining movies I've ever watched. And I don't think of, I can't think of anything that John Hughes could have done differently here to make the movie better. I, yeah, I, I don't want to say here. it's the perfect film, but what do I say bad about, it, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. For me, it is the perfect film. And um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap this up, but I'm going to be very sentimental here. All right. So you're, it's 1986. I, I correction. This movie came out in 86, by the way, I said 85 earlier, correction, 86, but it's 87, right? And we have a seven, eight-year-old, eight-year-old-ish, going on nine-ish Joe. And before you could go and click rent or download or stream, you went to the video rental store. And my mom, I never will forget this, on a Friday night after school, she's like, all right, Joe, you got good grades. We're going to take you by the video store. You pick out one movie. And this movie was on, there. You remember, there used to be, little thumbtacks in front of the thing and you would take the pin off and ever how many pins is pins was on the on the video is how many they had in stock so at this time you know if there's three pins on it that means they have three tapes in the back that you could rent 
So I take the pen off and I take it up to the counter. It's, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The cover art with him on the front just kind of captured me. I didn't know what I was watching. And at the time, it was $1.25 to rent it for, for, for a night and a half. That was how much it was. Well, when I returned it, I ended up having to pay twelve seventy five because I literally, for the next seven days, watched the movie every single day. <laughs> and... I, I tell you, I, I was like my mom. I was like, I told my mom, I said, don't worry about it. It's 12 bucks. Here's my allowance. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> um, but recently, this movie for me, I grew up in a kind of a very interesting childhood. I, I was kind of sick growing up. I had a lot of things. So Ferris Bueller was kind of the alpha male for me, if you think about it. And he was kind of like the antagonist. I wanted to be like him so much. He was smart. He knew about computers. He knew how to be sly, but cunning, but bold and willing to take risks and chances. And um, man, it just resonated with me as a kid. And that's why I watched this movie literally for that week. Uh, in, In that summer of 1987, I watched it for an entire week straight every single day. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I would rewind it back just to watch it, watch parts of it over again because I loved it so much. And recently, you know, I, I had the my favorite scene in this movie probably, um, the setup to the day is for me is the is one of the favorite parts is like how he's masterminding the plan in his mind and making it all flow. There's so many elements of the movie that are great, but for me, the initial first fifteen twenty minutes, the setup is like the the best part of the movie, I think. Yeah. Um, but in 2019, I celebrated my 40th birthday. Now, if now the, the members of PopX may not be able to see this unless you're watching the live stream. But I asked my wife, I was like, can you please do me a favor? While we're in Chicago, can I go and visit some places? And she said, if they have anything to do with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yes. <laughs> And I was like, I knew that's why I freaking married you. And so <laughs> what we did is we went to the Chicago Art Institute. And a lot, you know, the, everybody knows the famous scene with with all the pictures and works of art and all of that. Um, so if you're watching this at home, um, this is me standing in front of the famous statue where all three of them were standing in a row. That is the actual <laughs> statue. Uh, so if you're watching this on, on stream, PopX members, I'm sorry, you're not being able to see this on your end, but, uh, no, you're fine. all right. So, you know, the, you know, the, the portrait where Cameron got lost and he was looking at the little girl and it kept zooming in and zooming in and zooming in. Here is that piece. Um, <laughs> I do apologize in advance. I don't have the titles of these pieces. I don't have the captions below it. I do know these pieces cause I got to look them up on my phone, but, um, it's just amazing to be able to walk down these, these particular moments um this you know the scene where they're at the sears tower and they stand up on the rail and they bang their head against the glass to look down on the street well this is the 2019 version of that this is me and alex at the sears tower doing what's called the tilt 360 and it's just astounding it really is astounding you're standing there you're you're literally your head is on the glass if, if you want to and you're looking at a 20 degree angle straight down on the street it was insane now, last but not least, this, you may remember the famous scene when Ferris goes and kisses his girl, and um, they are in a room surrounded by these these blue glass window sculptures, 
Remember that? Specifically one with a dove and a son. Remember? Yeah. Well, this is me and Alex reenacting that moment, kissing under that exact same blue glass. Um, so it just, for me, just being able to be there and reenact those moments and have those Ferris Bueller moments was just Aww. truly amazing. And so, um, you know, I'm so thankful that I got to do that and see those works of art, not just be in awe at how beautiful those works of art were, but, you know, it was just astounding just to walking in the footsteps, knowing and seeing where the film was shot and seeing how the camera was yeah. positioned in a certain angle. Freaking loved that stuff, man. But um, let's let's review, let's rate Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then we'll get on into Godzilla versus Kong. Um, we'll start in the order that they spoke, Lindsay, Mike, okay. Austin. All right, uh, 9.5. It's 9. legit 5. a good movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with uh, uh, 9.5 as well. I mean, this, this is just, there's nothing wrong with this movie. And just on a side note, that this movie was uh, preserved in the National Archives, the Library of Congress, so that's got to tell you something about wow. how good it is. Pop culture history right there. Yeah. yeah, Austin Burke. Yeah, uh, I'm going a ten. Uh, the big one oh, it's it's to, it's a ten That's out of ten. It's rare. one of the, Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, it's one of it's one of maybe twenty movies I've ever given a ten out of ten to. But it's it's the perfect comedy for me. Well, you know, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree because because I am giving it <laughs> an astounding ten out of ten as well. Yeah. Um. There's there's only a maybe. Four movies in the 80s that I will give a 10 out of a 10 rating. And uh, if you want to know the rest, go to my letterboxed account. I have them all there. (laughs) I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But I have the top 150 movies of the 80s there listed, and you can see what my top 10 and top 5 are. But um, astounding. 10 out of 10, two 9.5s. I mean, come on. If you've not seen it, I don't know what rock or what planet you've been on, but do yourself a favor. If you've seen it, go watch it again. And just yeah. enjoy it. Escape for an hour and 43 minutes. All righty. So with all that said, we are going to roll into um, the main topic of the night, which is Godzilla versus Kong. We're going to roll the spoiler alert warning. Now, if you've not seen Godzilla versus Kong yet, you might want to go ahead and hit that pause button because we're going to be breaking down some crazy spoilers here in the next 20 minutes. So uh, sit back, relax. We'll see you here in just a second. <laughs> To enter a Pahahapex spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned. Godzilla vs. Kong, the fourth movie in the culmination of the Titans, the monstrous battles. Uh, we've, we've, what is it, 2014? We've been setting up this franchise. Mm-hmm. of films with Godzilla, and then we had Kong Skull Island in 2017. 2019, we got Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then we have this final one in 2021 with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And, you know, I think uh, f- a couple of them are weak for me. Um, I- I'll be honest. I don't... Uh, I-, I went back and actually watched all of them previously, building up to this particular movie. I just like, you know what? I, I don't remember everything that happened in the original Godzilla, so I need to watch yeah. that. And luckily, HBO Max just put them all there. Yeah, they added So added you, all you could go back and just click on them and watch them. I was like, well, oh, you're convenient. This is so nice. I feel so special. Thank you, HBO Max. <laughs> um, but um, 
I really felt, man, this was everything that we wanted that we didn't get in the previous three films. I do feel that it did hit pretty good on this one, specifically on the on the the Titan battles themselves, the time on screen time of both Kong and Godzilla. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty astounding overall the, the the setup and getting to how these two are supposed to duke it out and and why we all kind of knew with the trailers that that Godzilla was acting weird for a reason right we knew that something was going on that yeah, his yeah. his his sixth, sixth senses were going off and come to find out Godzilla was right all the way all all along during the entire process um I want to just open it up uh, right quick. Uh, I, I don't know. Does anybody want to share any thoughts or opinions on uh, Godzilla versus Kong? I don't want to call. I can call on somebody, but just roundtable. I feel like um, I feel like Kong really shined in this movie. Oh it, yeah, heavily over the uh, his opposing yeah. co-host or co-star or whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Yeah. Um, it, I, he was really, you could really invest yourself in his, what he's feeling and what he's going through while he's discovering himself and his journey. And I really enjoyed that they took us to hollow earth and mm. got to explore that world a little bit and mm. where the two gravitational limits kind of flip flop yeah. was really cool. And you go into his little ancestral family temple or whatever it is where he gets his little bang bang axe his I'm gonna, bang bang axe i don't know what the okay please forgive me i am not a kong or godzilla no it doesn't fan. have a name it doesn't, it doesn't have a name yeah, yeah, it doesn't good. have a name but no. it's really cool um so we shall uh, call it storm chaser yes <laughs> it's basically like storm bringer it's, yeah. it's essentially the same thing thinking. So uh, I really thought that that was cool, how it interacted with its environment. And that was kind of like the coming to power for him and kind of gave him some drive yeah. and some reason because he kind of knew where he belonged and where he came from. And oh yeah, and uh, you could totally tell that that kind of lit the fire inside of him. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of goes back up to the surface and does his job. So, I mean, that was kind of like my favorite part of the movie to mm -hmm. take away. The rest of it was just kind of meh for me huh, but huh. that's just i get it no that. no it's but actually you're, it's very plausible what you just said i mean the film did a really great way of 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 us capturing the heartstrings of kong yeah and that wasn't a bad thing i think that we needed to because kong at this point hasn't really found his place in the kingdom of all the 17 monsters that's been listed that's inhabiting the the hollow earth if you will mm -hmm. um and so you know godzilla knows he's the protector but Kong just doesn't – he's been on this island his entire life, and that's all he knows. He knows the island, but he doesn't know his plan or purpose. And I love that this backstory that this is where his family dominated. His family dominated Hollow Earth. They were the yeah. kings of Hollow Earth, and Godzilla was the king of the surface world. That's pretty much all you need to know logistically. And I, I, love, I love that they spent that time – I feel that we didn't get a lot of time with Godzilla, and I was reading somebody's review uh, on it. Uh, I think it was on Rotten Tomatoes or somewhere like that. He's like, well, they spent so much time on, on Kong, but they didn't spend much time on Godzilla. Well, actually, they did. If you go back and watch Godzilla yeah. 1, they, they've already unraveled his story. Yeah. 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 You gotta. You just can't take one without the other. They they have to be in, in, in taken as together, you know. Uh, you just don't eat your bread without something on top of it. You got to have the whole meal, and 
there, there wasn't no need to go back and dive into Godzilla because yeah. Godzilla's story has already been told twice. You know, Austin, I'm curious, Austin and Mike, I'm curious what you guys are feeling about well, just general, generalized. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that at all because, you know, like we said, Godzilla's had two movies, Kong has had one. And I, I went into each of these films with a different mindset. The first one, I wanted to see a lot of Godzilla. And we didn't really see a lot of Godzilla, so that was unfortunate. But I actually kind of liked the human stories in the first until they kill off Brian Cranston about halfway through. Uh, and then the, the second Godzilla, I was very just blech with the story. And it wasn't necessarily like, I don't care if the human story is bad. I think the human story is bad in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. But they spend so much time oh, yeah. in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm like, you have 25% of this glorious you know, incredible CGI. And then the rest of the movie is just this human story that I don't care about. Kong Skull Island was a bit of a different beast, but again, you know, great visual effects, a little bit better than King of the Monsters, but human story. Eh. So yeah. they don't fix that problem here. What they do here is they say, we're going to use this as a web to tie in these huge, grand, and epic scenes. And we know that's what you care about, right? There has to be some sort of plot. And yeah. they still haven't quite figured that out yet. But what they do here is they use it as the glue for these big, amazing action scenes that I think all after four movies of us being withered down, all we care about is seeing that play out on screen. What did I want to see? I want to see Big Monkey versus Big Lizard. What did I get? A lot in this movie, Big Monkey versus Big Lizard. And it was really entertaining. Mm -hmm. I mean, the CGI is incredible. The Hollow Earth stuff could set up something for Kong in the future. And and that lore was really good. And I would actually say we get way more, at least way more entertaining fight scenes here than any of the films. And they're not in the dark. It's not you have to squint to kind of see what's going on. They don't cut away from Godzilla at the last second. Thank it's you bright. for that. Yes, yeah, it's bright. It's colorful. It's vibrant. They utilize everything we want to see visually. And that's why this movie works is because they show us what we needed. And then... Predictable, but the inevitable team up between Godzilla and Kong to take on Mecha Godzilla. What did fans want to see? Exactly that. What yeah. did we get? Exactly, exactly that. Yeah. They give Godzilla the victory over Kong. They give Kong the victory at the end of the day, taking out Mecha Godzilla. Everyone wins. And I thought they did it really, really well. Yeah. And the modern graphics of CGI was probably some of the best CGI work I've seen. Absolutely. It, yeah. I mean, it was just, holy cow. I mean, just the fibers on Kong's body and his his, his fur yeah, during the boat scene when he's being transported. It was just like, you could just see the mist of the rain just coming off of his fur. And I was just like, well, that's intense, dude. That's some crazy, crazy CGI um, environmental effects yes. going on there. Micah, what what was some of your thoughts on um, just big pers perspective, big picture? Uh, it just it started off kind of slow for me, like the first thirty minutes. I kind of got bored a little bit, and then yeah. but then it started to pick up when it kind of get into the fight scene in the ocean. It was it gave you that gave the opportunity. It was like okay, round one went to Godzilla, <laughs> then towards the end it was round two went to Kong, and then they teamed up, you know, yeah. against the Mega Godzilla. And then at, towards at the end they just kind of you know had a mutual respect for one another. Yeah, went their separate ways, you know, and. But as far as, you know, the, the fights were amazing. I mean, just to, you know, to see an entire city demolished. I mean, that's a that's a far cry from the 1960s kaiju that they had into with the rubber suits <laughs> and cardboard buildings, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, it, was, it was definitely, you know, I once it kind of started to pick up with the action, it, it was, 
decided to enjoy it a little bit more. I just, um, I don't know what Millie Bobby Brown was doing. She was just <laughs> I didn't like either. I was about the, to comment. I'm about going, her. what is she doing? You know, I'm like, and then when they capture her and they're standing there, and then the Mega Godzilla turns around and she's just standing there crying. Okay, what? Are they, what yeah. was that all about? You know? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. But but overall, they, they like like Austin said, they you know I did, didn't care much for the human story. You know, more of you know the uh, you know, gorilla versus lizard type, yeah. you know, fight is what we were looking for, and that's exactly what we got. And I actually was at the end of it, I was kind of thoroughly satisfied because it kind of made up for it towards the end. I'm looking forward to see what they do next. I hope there's more Hollow Earth story. Uh, yeah. I'd like to hear, see more about that. I think the highlight for me was definitely the uh, the young child who had the ability to, oh, to, to teach yes. Kong how amazing. to talk. And Absolutely. he was just saying that he just wanted to go home. And he just doing yeah. and, and she and, and I was like, whoa, Kong can now talk to humans? Yeah. And that was just amazing because did you guys pick up on her attire any? Did she look familiar? It was the, she was from the, the Skull Island tribal. Well, that thing, too, right? but specifically... Her her race and her attire no. was made to look like the Godzilla twins from the '60s movies. Oh, Do you remember yeah, the two I twins would, that would all uh, do their little chant right. and stuff like that? Now I'm going way back, That's cool. but yeah, if you Google the Godzilla sometimes. twins, you will see that she looks quite a bit like that's cool it's kind of eerie and i think they yeah. did they did that intentionally to kind of tie into yeah. universe. i think that's wonderful but going um, back to what mike was saying about um the millie bobby brown character in the psycho podcast dude <laughs> and their little crew um yeah. going through their adventure i feel like if that entire bit was cut from the movie it would be a much better movie <laughs> absolutely if it's a little um, i felt i felt like it was like off-putting like every time you had to go back over to them and follow their i feel like we were missing entire yeah. bits that you could have probably filled in more the whole point of their storyline was to reveal the mega godzilla or mega whatever the lizard robot thing yeah. anyways so that was like their whole existence for the entire movie and they over saturated their attention yeah. on that storyline for no reason it goes back like to what austin was saying and weird stuff yeah that was that was really stupid that was strange so Why i do mean you shower with bleach what the frick <laughs> it's so weird dude I'm but like, i mean they very easily could have just revealed that whenever um crazy doctor dude's daughter was in their ship going to hollow earth to send up the extra yeah. energy or whatever that could have been it yeah and then they were like One oh yeah done. this is the reason why we're doing this it, and why, it, it why goes back to what so Austin was saying, though. Extra stuff. I, I think that there's not a perfect balance of that human story. No, it wasn't with there for the me the that. Titan component. I don't think that they, yeah, the, this this movie was fan service. Let's just be honest. I mean, they gave us what we wanted to see without you know making all the fans feel crazy, but they still haven't tackled that human component. Like the right. storytelling, the the whole thing with the podcaster could have been done a little bit, I think, more tighter. I think there was a lot of scenes in there that was just really like, okay, you don't need to well, be f showering with freaking please, bleach. Please let me state for the record, I absolutely adore Millie Bobby Brown. She is a fantastic yeah. actress, but yeah. it was just her role in this movie, the way it was written and played. It wasn't the same role that she had in the original Godzilla. Um, original yeah. Kong Godzilla. Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry's podcaster on paper works, right? Because <laughs> it's this crazy guy with theories yeah. and, you know, it, it, it does kind of hearken to things that we have in our it life was, right now, right? It was great as like an intro into the movie, but it like yeah. kind of yeah. overstayed its welcome in the story. 
it kept going and it took away. And like you said, that entire subplot, it's, it's, it's not meaningless, but for me, it's going this route with these characters. Just, it wasn't needed, right? We could have yeah. taken care of that, right? We still needed that glue. We needed what's, what's taking us from scene to scene, but maybe we could have cut down on and spent more time with our monsters. Yeah. And I would have been okay with that, right? They're, they're wanting to give more to Godzilla's side of things because that's supposed to be his side of things. But I just wanted to see more Godzilla. And then you have Kong's storyline, and, you know, that was great, and I absolutely love that character that communicated with Kong. But then there are some some side players when they're going to Hollow Earth and, you know, a, a couple of some performances that I just wasn't really loving. And I'm mm. like, we could have just done all of these things so much better. And again, I love the fact they're spending more time, but they just haven't mastered that balance right. yet. Yeah, right? I think we Lindsay still, hit the nail on the head on that one. Yes, sure. and I would be okay, to be honest, with an entire movie, maybe, maybe the communicator with Kong, but an entire movie, Kong, some creatures, two human characters, and that's it. Give me a whole movie in Hollow Earth with just that, because I don't need the excess fat. Trim it off and give us what we care about. And right. I think they tried to do that in this film, but it just wasn't didn't get all the and, way there. And you know, me. if you notice too, the scene with 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 the podcaster and and Millie Bobby Brown, they just secretly happened to be in the tube. In the capsule, there was a lot of that was going to Hong Kong. That was just corny as sure. hell, and it was this <laughs> human sure. element of yeah. those three that was discovered the Mecha Godzilla. He was going to get revealed either way. Did that have to be through the human component? Because well, they didn't it still have could have any... been through the human component, but in a different way that was a lot faster and got to the point. I think exactly yeah. that's what I'm saying. Extra. It's just like we don't need to see their whole journey through this magnetic tube. Walking around, wondering what the heck they're doing. It's just very, I don't know, man. The only thing I'll give the movie, I'll give it this. I think it's very self-aware when it comes to the cheese. I think the director understands we're going to have, I mean, the, the concept in general is cheesy. It's a big monkey fighting a big lizard with a robot lizard coming in. It's cheesy, right? So he embraced the cheese with the human storyline. And yeah, the podcast, I mean, that entire story was a little bit cheesy. I, I didn't mind it as much as I would in other movies because we have all this crazy stuff happening. And I'm like, at least, at least this film is self-aware. I feel like it's the first one in the franchise that understands we're going to give the people what they want. And we're going to give you a little bit of cheese here and there. So I, I, I'm not going to knock it too hard. Yeah. But again, it's it, for me, it's more the time spent on all of these things and the unanswered questions, Joe, like you just said, a lot of, you have to kind of Turn yeah. your brain off all the way. You, you do, yeah, and, and, and that human element has not been refined. I mean, there are four movies into this, and they still don't have a working formula for it to work out. And let me let me just let's fast forward to the ending here, right quick, because we're almost coming up on the top of the hour. If you can believe it, it's already been one hour, yeah, but crazy. you know, you have this development of this Mecha Godzilla, and evidently it's been in the works for years. You know, to replace Godzilla and have a more controlled Titan to take care. And you take him out by pouring water on a keyboard? That's that's how he goes down? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Dude. Was I the only one? I laughed my ass off yeah. when I watched that. I'm like, yeah. really? You have yeah. a 100-ton thing walking around yeah. in Hong Kong, and all you got to do is just pour water on the well, keyboard. Well, he did get stabbed in the face with an axe stick. Well, 
I mean, but he was still very much. I mean, he had rockets and boosters and thrusters and oh, guns. Yeah, he had all sorts of stuff. I mean, it was like freaking Tony Stark, but a Godzilla form. You know. Yeah. And if, this is, if Ultron had his pet, this would be it. I just I don't have a big problem with that. You just pour water on the keyboard, and that's done. Yeah. That was the moment for me that I just had to sit back and go. Really? Okay. You know, it's I mean, like if, this if you huge would have creature all and the tech going into this freaking giant, yeah. pouring water on a freaking keyboard would be the only one. That's not you the, guys didn't waterproof it. Oh, yeah, God. But I mean, yeah, even iPhones are waterproof that. now, dude. I'm telling you, we live that. in an era yeah. where our Apple watches are waterproof. Can't Mecha Godzilla be waterproof? <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't no in the budget. It wasn't in the budget. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm telling I, you, I had no investment. In that, that kid that was with the the one with the glasses that poured the water. Yeah, I had no use for him at all. I'm like, no. Why is he even there? He reminded me so He's much of like the, the what is it the the kid in Spider Man that's that's Peter Parker's friend. He kind of reminded oh, me of what yeah. is it Ned? Ned, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he kind of reminded Perfect. me. I was like, holy cow! Hey, look at this. I love Ned. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love Ned too. Now that character works well. But this character was <laughs> yeah. just like, what are your, what's your point in this movie? Yeah. He had no point. He, yeah, he had was a no, kid in a chair, but he didn't do anything. I'm telling you, dude. I had, uh, yeah. I, I got to echo what uh, not Nick Cage said. No words. No words. <laughs> yeah. I, I got nothing. Well, you know, I think, is there anything that we didn't hit on in this movie that we should? I, I think we've pretty much. I think I've said all I need to say about it. I think so. I think uh, the movie overhaul, if if you take out, like we said, and Lindsay and all, I think all four of us are in agreement. The human element is not perfected in these films. And it's very weird. It's very, I don't know, chalky. It's very not refined at all. Um, take that out. And if you just enjoy these Titan battles for what they are, just without the human part. They're freaking fantastic, yeah. especially the Hollow Earth scenes are amazing. Um, the final battle is is amazing. I mean, we have like literally almost 40 minutes of on-screen time between these Titans duking it out. That's a yeah. lot of on-screen time. So we definitely get some fan service there. Um, but let's go ahead and review this and give us our official Pop X cast rating. Um, Austin, uh, let's see. Let's, let's, Lindsay, well, you've been the first tonight. Let's go ahead and Lindsay okay. and Mike. Um. 7.2. That's extremely that's generous. Yeah. That's I'm, extremely it's generous. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I mean, it was still entertaining with that's the higher, nitpicking that we did. So. Lindsay, that's higher than my score. Okay. Well, I'm just going to be yeah. nice tonight. That's I'm extremely in a good generous. Mood. Yeah. Mike? Um, I'm just going to go with a six because the only thing that was, you know, worth that kind of rating was just the action and the CG, the, you know, the human characters were just boring yeah. to me. Yeah. Got you. Austin Burke, Burkinator. Yeah, I, I'm going to be generous too. I'm actually going to go a seven because I do think the movie knows what it's doing when it's handling the actual CGI and the fights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a comment in the chat. It, nobody, the comment was nobody here can, can make a movie better than what they made. Just, you know, frustration, upset that we're sitting here nitpicking. Listen, the, the reason why we do what we do is we are, first of all, we're not hired to make the movie it's not our job Uh, technically my job what i get paid to do is to be a movie critic and to to not pick apart not take apart but to look at films analyze them and and recommend movies of this nature of any nature and look godzilla vs kong is a very self-aware film it's a film that 
you know, you watch and and you understand it's cheesy and it's cheesy for a reason. But we are, in my opinion, we're allowed to sit and criticize these things because what we're doing is is we're looking at films like this and we're saying, here's what you could have done better in our opinion. It doesn't mean we're right necessarily. And here's what what we could adjust for the future when it comes to something like the MonsterVerse, things like that. So when when we say things like this and we give criticisms, don't don't take offense to that, right? Mm. We're not doing this to to, can, to be offensive. Can I just say that if you refer back to the original movies, these movies are phenomenal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. So there is that. Just because we're we're saying negative things doesn't mean we necessarily hate the movies either. We're just talking yeah. about the negative parts because we've already said the things that we enjoy as well. Um, and and that's just part of talking about movies in general. Yeah, that that's the whole. I mean, we could I, any movie you could say that. Well, of course you can't make no any movie. That but that's not my job, right? My job is not to go out and make a film. My job, technically, and what we do on this podcast is to you know give our thoughts and and criticize and analyze and just have fun with talking about. It. We can hate a movie, love a movie, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to your opinion, and every opinion is valid as Absolutely. long as you have the conversation to back it up. Yeah. So for that reason. I'm going to seven. All right. I, I respect that. I respect Absolutely. that. We had a 7.2. We had a six and a, and a seven. Mine is a 6.9. Um, and the reason I say 6.9 is um, just that human element for me. And the, the final scene on how they took down Mecha Godzilla with his malfunction and pouring water onto the, the mainframe keyboard. I mean, the whole idea of, of it being controlled through the scroll, through the skull, of the the dead titan was amazing. Yeah. I love that. They're yeah, connected that was a really to the cool neural idea. network. But then you, I mean, that was just such a a, a freaking cop out. I mean, I don't know. I I, that, yeah. I did not enjoy that going down of that beast. That they should have had more umph to him. But um, I, I mean, agree. you connect so well with Kong, and I think that's the reason why I kept my score as high as I did because it did really sell. That Kong story. was the part of the movie for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so I I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> Kyle go. Dawson rewatchability scores. Do we have scores 0. in the chat? What are we doing? Yeah, we've got <laughs> Darth Bacchus and eight point five. John, John Poffenbarger's uh, yeah. six point seven. I talk Marvel two to seven nine point five. We got a seven point five uh, from uh, looks like DC fan and uh, uh, Darth Baca, 8.5, and, and Kyle Dawson. <laughs> Rewatchability score. Kyle zero. brings up a good point, though, because, you know, I, I am curious, out of all the movies we've talked about the year, this year, this is the one I'm like, how rewatchable is it going to be? Can we get past the human storyline and get into I know what we got to do, Joe. We've got to go to our local IMAX or Dolby Theater and, and watch see this, this puppy on the big screen. I think Who saw it on the big screen in the chat? Let us know. Not me. There's no, none of I our big theaters. I watched it at home with my kiddo. <laughs> I mean, all of our Regal Cinemas in Orlando went b- bust up. I mean, we Our have... theater just opened this last week. Dang. Just opened today. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. maybe two, three days now it's been open. And maybe that's the reason why our scores are low, if you think about it. I mean, are, are not where they want to be. Because, I mean, you, you You're think not about getting it. the big experience. We don't have that sound system that a theater has. Yes. And we don't yes. have the 80-foot screens that they have. Well, you know, I have a pretty big screen. Well, you do have a big screen, <laughs> but you know, even in 4K, I mean, I have a 70-inch 4K TV here, and it, yeah. it's still not the same experience. You're not getting that grand scale experience, and maybe absolutely, maybe that is playing into it. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. 
But uh, any anybody else, any other thoughts before we wrap up on Godzilla versus Kong? Just, just real quick. I mean, isn't it you know the human condition having a you know different opinion than everybody Absolutely. else? You know, but you know it, it's as a consumer. I mean, yes, okay. Granted, this is not the greatest example, but you know, we my philosophy you know, is go to the theater. I pay my whatever to get in, and I'd like to get my money's worth. And if I don't, yeah, yeah. then I'm gonna. That's disappointing for me. But what may be a six to me could be a nine to somebody else. But then Absolutely. you got your money's worth. That's exactly Absolutely. right. You know, well so, said, I mean, Mike. Yeah. You know, and that's unfortunately that's part of the situation we live in right now. It's you know everybody needs to have the same opinion, but it doesn't seem to work that way. Yeah. You know? No, I couldn't agree more. I'm not going to go really down that much, too much. Well, guys, there it is. Godzilla versus Kong. This is the official PopX score. Uh, we, we closely, if you, if you average it out, we're at about a seven, um, with all of us voting together. So that's pretty yeah. decent. Um, so definitely go watch this. And I think I may do myself a service this week and try to go watch this in the theater because we have, uh, a theater here close to me that just reopened last week. And so I want to try to go watch it. But uh, with all that said, guys, this has been such a jam-packed episode, and it's been great having you guys on board in this chat room. I want to give freaking props right now to this chat room. These You guys are freaking blowing it up tonight. Damn. Damn. I mean, just Kyle and John and I talk, Marvel, DC fan, Darth Baca. Man, you guys are the heart and soul of what's going on in here tonight, and I can't appreciate you uh, so much. I appreciate you so much for hitting that subscribe button and locking in here with us on a Monday night. Upper gamer, upper Room Gamer Network, Brian L. My gosh, I'm forgetting some, not Nick Cage. I'm forgetting, I'm, I know I'm forgetting people, but if, if, if I didn't mention your name, don't be offended, but I'm just trying to read the chat quickly. But uh, thank you guys so much for just being the heart and soul Pop X cast because you guys are literally helping us strive through this entire thing. And uh, you guys are liking what we're doing, and that's just fuel for us to keep doing what we're doing, all right? That's right. With all that said, Austin Burke, go ahead and lead us out, my friend. Yes. I did want to throw in real quick, too, oh, yeah. in terms of the the success of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. remember, premiering on HBO Max, right? We're talking a $50 million opening in the United States with the HBO Max premiere uh, from Wednesday to Sunday because it wow. was a— uh, a holiday weekend, plus the worldwide total is almost up to, as a whole, $300 million, which would None be bad. far and away the best pandemic movie yet. So I, I think we may be seeing movies come back uh, big time this oh summer. It's looking really good. Well, man. July the 7th, you know, yeah. Black Widow, man. Come <sighs> on, let's do That's it. That's the test. That's going to be the um, test. Yeah, man, that's a big one. But uh, you guys can follow me and find me at Birkinator on Twitter and Instagram and Austin Burke on YouTube and Letterboxd. Joseph is on there as well. We're part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, you guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, unlike me, produce content or have talent, unlike me, we want to see it. <laughs> and we would like for you to share it with us in the multiverse go over there and check out that page it is oh, yeah. awesome <laughs> it's so funny man that's funny you can find me i'm Lindsay badger you can find me at lr badger everywhere on the internets on all the social medias um you can connect with pop x cast on all social medias as well at pop x cast 
Um, we're Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and more. Uh, send all the comments and suggestions to us via email if you so choose. Uh, PapaXCast at gmail.com. Also, for future and past shows, please go to our website, the official website of PopXCast, www.popxcast.com. And I am Joseph Burke, a.k.a. at Joseph Burke Arts all over the web and on social media. Of course, hats off always to Team PopX. Want a huge shout out to Mr. Mike Ippolito for joining us today. He's been yeah. nine hours on the road. He Let's told me go. the other night, he's like, I'm not going to make it, bub. Don't worry. But I got some news in there for you. And Aww. my God, he shows up and he's here and he's like all <laughs> red eyed and he's still pushing through this thing. It's the best part of my Sunday, Mike, is my that you're here. Gosh. Yeah. Mike is or here. Monday. It's Monday now. But that's it it's for this Monday, episode yeah. of Pop Cast, episode 119. Uh, we'll see you next time on 120 where we're going to break down some Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we will be doing the retro rewind of The Princess Bride. Yay. Indeed. <laughs> so get ready for that. And uh, man, I can't wait to talk about that movie. As Holy cow, it's so good. And uh, also, I want to give you a little tease snippet. Episode 121, we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat. So get ready for that. <laughs> awesome. Finish him. Um, wow. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let here. I'm just gonna like screen out the. I don't. What is you doing that again? You're gonna. Oh my god! Get over here! What in the ass? Let's broke something. Thanks for listening to PopX Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast, and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse, where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on. (laughs) 